This is Andaki Chisme, two sisters, one podcast. We're coming together to archive the stories of undocumented people while decolonizing Chisme. I'm your host, Andaki Chingona, and I am your host, Andaki Therapist. And this is Andaki Chisme. Hello, Andaki Chismosis, and welcome to episode six. We are super excited for the guest that we have today. Um, it's someone who I found out about through one of my former students, um, Diana. So shout out to Diana, and we hope to interview you soon as well. Um, but Diana was the one who introduced me to um, this business, right? And ever since, um, both Myra and myself have been trying to be very supportive um, in different ways, uh, whether it's like purchasing some of the items, um, sharing some of the things that they post, um, things like that. But like I said, um, it is an episode that we are super excited and it's all sorry, six episode. Um, it's just really exciting to know that we continue to be able to bring you all different stories and continue to archive the stories of undocumented people. So today we have a city um, also known as Jack Peña. They them is a content creator and owner of Adelita Pearl, an undocu Latinx small business. A fun fact about that city is that they have jumped off a um, 825 feet from a building in Las Vegas. Uh, mm -hmm. So with that, yeah, let's get started. Hello, Hitsi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, thank oh, you no. so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you. Big fan. Um, so I'm not going to lie, I am a little nervous to be interviewing you because I see all of the amazing work that you do. And I'm like, ah, like, I get <laughs> to like chat, even if it's uh, via you. Zoom with you, right? So I'm having a little fangirl moment right now. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, I was really excited for this, especially I, when whenever we get invited to places, a lot of those places aren't undocumented. So I know that the conversation will lead more about our experience. So I'm excited about having conversations with other people who are also undocumented. So with that, let me um, ask, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, who is that city? Maybe um, your age, home country if you feel comfortable sharing and maybe how old were you when you arrived to the U.S.? Okay so I am 24 now. I just turned 24 and I came to the United States when I was five I believe. I'm from Tepatitlan, Jalisco. Um, that's why I'm a little bit more on the white side <laughs> and yeah I don't I don't really know that much about me. I, I my, so my name is at City but I also go by Jacks online mostly just because I decided that it was a cool way to find out where people find me from because you know when you're on the street somebody might recognize you so I, I rather have that um, almost safety but yeah I, I like doing crazy stuff but I don't know how to swim so that's my one <laughs> sad point of my life but I, I want to change that so hopefully in the future I'll find a way to learn how to swim. I tried it just doesn't work out <laughs> I, I love the beach I love the water I love the ocean but I'm, yeah, I've had some incidents where somebody has to pull me out at least three times in my life. Yeah, I, I, we love jet skiing. So my, my dad oh. bought jet skis once and we used to go to the lake. And I felt we fell once and I was just holding on to the jet ski. I was like, and I was seeing my dad struggle to get it back up in the water. I'm like, I am so sorry. Like, I'm not going to let go of this jet ski. Like, I love you, but I'm not letting go. It's like... <laughs> like those memes that are going around now or like tiktoks i'm gonna put me first yeah <laughs> exactly. put me first <laughs> I was like, i'm so sorry but i'm too scared and you're supposed to know how to swim oh goodness <laughs> i almost got drowned once by someone who i'm not gonna mention on my air daddy and me too like i just wanted you to go into the water i didn't know that the waves kind of like pull you in <laughs> oh god I will never forget that moment <laughs> no matter how many times I apologize it always comes up <laughs> I know well as you know our podcast is um called Undocu Chisme right um so when you think about the word chisme what are some thoughts that come to your mind either negative positive a little bit of both I think both people think that chisme is always bad so, but sometimes people at least personally for me as someone who 
I, I would like to say that I'm close to my family, but you know, sometimes we are always told that when somebody in the family does wrong to you, you need to just keep it to yourself. And I'm just like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't think that's right. Like we're always, especially when you're undocumented and you come from, when you arrive, like your family, if you have family here already, they're supposed to help you. But a lot of people do bad things to you. Like just because xenophobia really is real, even if it's within the family. And we're taught that we need to be grateful. And it's like, yeah, they might have done that to you, but like they helped you. So you shouldn't say anything like deal with whatever they did to you and keep it in. But I'm just like, no, <laughs> like if you did it, I think people need to be held accountable sometimes. And if it's part of your trauma, why do you have to protect somebody else instead of healing yourself? Yes, yes. And are you able to, do you feel comfortable giving us one of those examples? Um, and you don't have to say names, but for example, I know that that happens to us and one of our aunts actually called ICE on our oh, family. Wow. Uh, when my dad started to, started doing a little better, um, he started you know, doing well financially. And that's when my aunts and uncles didn't really like that. And there was one person that actually called ICE on ICE. Um, I'm pretty sure that they just laughed at it and like, okay, yeah, lady, I'm going to drop everything that I'm going to have. I'm going to go to that house and, you know, yeah. do what I got to do. Um, but it's still pretty fucked up. Um, it's, a, it's a reality. Like you said, like people are, I don't think people realize that they see their undocumented family member as like, well, at least I'm not going to get as at a low point where they're at, where once you are doing better than them, they see you as a threat and they start attacking you. And it's like, you shouldn't be doing that, especially to your own family. Like it's, it's sad that it happens, but it does. Like for, for me, <laughs> um, I spoke about it in another <laughs> podcast and then I ended up waking up on a Facebook post talking about how I shouldn't be speaking about it. And It, it was so it's so dumb I'll let that family stay on their end for now but regardless I also had like not just because I'm being I'm undocumented but also because of my queer identity mm -hmm. I I remember one time I was posting like about how I believe they le had legalized same-sex same marriage and for the first time mm -hmm. and I was just tweeting uh, not tweeting Facebooking it was back in Facebook days about how as part of that And I don't know where one of my aunts thought that it was a good time to tell me that I shouldn't speak about it and that I should keep that to myself because then family was going to do something bad to me. And I was like, you, you're an activist, an activist, first of all. <laughs> But stuff like that has happened to my family. I've not that I know of that they've called ICE, but they there's a lot of family members who have called those web bags behind our back to other mm -hmm. family members or to our, like I know something similar like that happened when we had just arrived Um, we had family members who were upset that we went to Disney World because we're illegal and how can their citizen children not go? And it's also like, this, like why are you mad about Disney World? Like, if you want to go, then you can go. You have papers. But it's, it's little things like that. Sounds like a personal problem. If you can't go to Disney World, yeah, it's <laughs> that's <like> on you. <laughs> exactly. And like my mom, like that, that specific trip too, my mom worked so hard. It was We went for my 15th birthday, but because my mom used to sell Avon, so it was like a yeah, Avon, you know. So my I, mom used to sell Avon, sell and she sold she sold her ass off to get the the trip. So it was a prize. So she she worked hard for it. And my sister and I had just recently gotten DACA, so it was like the perfect gift. And they sent us, and it was it was just so sad that it had to be something that we can't be happy about, just because family members will be upset. But it's not. It's weird to me how things that are, like you said, personal problems end up being like a target and attack towards a family member just because of their status. Yes, yes. And I wanted to, to touch a little bit on, you mentioned the, about how some of your family members are activists or are active or, or um, yeah, you know, um, advocating for certain causes. But how do you navigate those? We all have uh, different intersections. And so how do you navigate those situations where some people advocate, for example, for, you know, the undocumented community, but they are saying, for example, right now in the Super Bowl, that some people were saying like, oh, I didn't see brown representation. Why is it only black? Uh, the same thing with, you know, in undocumented communities is like, oh, what about the undocumented community? And no, fuck legal uh, same-sex marriage. So there's like this, 
we want to be united, but there is also a lot of oppositions within our own identities. Um, how, how do you navigate those situations? For me, it's mostly learning how to not be an individual. I feel like that's such an American thing that you look for yourself first. And I, I graduated with philosophy and there's this the Mexican philosophy way of individualism isn't really about being individuals, but being a community, which is your way of being an individual within your community. Mm-hmm. And like you said, a lot of Latinos are upset that there was a lot, so, so much black representation. They're like, where's the brown representation? But we also have to realize that everybody benefits from black representation. Right. So us being upset about black representation is to me is ridiculous because at the end of the day, we're all waiting together because it's we we have a lot of the same fights, especially in the undocumented community. People get upset that it's only Latinos talking, which is not the reality. Black people are still sorry. That's my dog. Hey, we have questions about that too. <laughs> Lulu, yeah, she she does not know how to listen. She's also a Chihuahua, so that's why she doesn't stop. <laughs> hey, you know that's one of the joys that I've noticed that we find joy. My bad. No, you're fine. (laughs) Hey, we have an episode when we interview my mom and you have her little Yorkie in the background, like making this weird noises of like, (laughs) (laughs) clearly hear that. I'm like, oh, this episode is going to take a long time. (laughs) But this is the like, you know, part of our life. Mm. right like our puppies and everything so just it's why let them be if people hear it in the background hey <laughs> they will yes, we, connect and say yes <laughs> yes we invited someone that has a pet chicken so oh, wow that's i'll be cool. hearing about that and you can hear it in the background too <laughs> that it was awesome <laughs> uh that's kind of fun yeah <laughs> i'm like i want a chicken <laughs> and control chihuahua but wants a chicken <laughs> I like your chihuahua's name though. Lulu. <laughs> they they call me Lulu too. It's oh, a little name. So I have never heard of a dog named Lulu. It's my first time. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't want to name her Luna. Okay. Everyone's dog is named Luna. And I was like, I've never met someone who's who's gay and dog is not named Luna. Not that I'm any different, but <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So um Ant City, you're I I guess founder, owner, creator of Adelita's Pearl. Can you tell us how like that came about of why you created it and um, your role? In- yeah, so I owner, but I also do a lot of the designs. We are currently working on getting more designers in just because. I don't necessarily have the time or the skill to do the designs that I really want to do because I, I didn't study design and I, I think it's better and a more benefit for people to get the designs that I really want to have by also supporting other artists. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we started it first was because we needed money. So we didn't start with Adelitas. We had our own personal brand. So my sister used to sell vintage clothing and I would sell band shirts. So Nirvana, all of them. And this was when I was, my sister was just starting college and I was in high school. But once we, we grew our brands really big too. And then we were like, hey, let's do something that like, that's not, not to say cooler, but that's us like more personal. And we were like, let's start a brand that like it's for the undocumented community. Cause you see the Latino lifestyle brands and you don't actually see anything that is for undocumented community other than just children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do something that actually represented us. And that's how we started Adelitas. My dad gave us 50 bucks each when we started our first brand. And then with the money we generated with our own brands, we put that together and created Adelitas. That's that's awesome. I Sorry, I got into thinking, like, you know, how it all started. And and they brought me back to my own (laughs) ways. I was also like, also like buying, you know, things for a dollar at the thrift stores and then reselling them and yeah. just going from there. That's how it was for us. Um, for the band shirts, at least, since my mom used to work at the swap meet, we I met somebody who knew someone who would sell band shirts. And that's how I got into the band shirts. So introductions by my mom. And then the vintage, my, we found this place called 
jet rag that on Sundays it's like one dollar a piece so we would go there and it was fun because like people I don't I don't know if you've seen the because they started putting it in a lot on TikTok when they fight for the um they're like this big of like just just full of clothes and people fight I think yeah when you have time just like go through the jet rag hashtag and you'll see the fight and it's it's so, it's so fun and we would take my tias we were really close to my tias so we would all go and fight for for the barrels it would be so fun yeah so I know that everybody in your family from what I've seen in your videos has uh, like a different role um I know that you've been the one kind of like posting more videos and and doing the TikToks and all of that does your sister is is your sister more like like in the background like in the creation process the marketing process well I guess the videos are part of the marketing process <laughs> but I mean you know like more the background work with the rest of your family yeah so my sister what her job right now is because I'm, I'm privileged enough to not actually like have a job besides this so this is my full-time job because I graduated in 2020 and it was peak COVID and I was like I'm not gonna work and I thankfully I have I was working on Adelita since I was in college so freshman year I would go home like at 10 p.m and start shipping so it was already something in the works and thankfully I had that to fall back on my sister she she was still going to college at the time I graduated I think she she graduated 20 21 so last year she graduated and then um she also has a job so she's not able to do that much on the creative side so she usually does emails and does a financial side of it because mm-hmm. I don't I don't like doing emails I no, you know you have to be professional and I was I'm just not <laughs> I'm just not made for emails like I will be having a bad day and if I if I read a I hope this email finds it well I will lose it so I'm like my sister could do that like she's been on the workforce for long, long enough to be able to deal with it it's not me and I'm just, my last email yeah <laughs> I'm just like I'm not <laughs> Responded, bitch, I ain't doing well. Like, why is like, telling me that? We're in a pandemic. How am I going to be doing well right now? So that, that's her. That's what she does. And my TS are the ones who help us put the tags on our items um, and make our split beanies, which are one of our fan favorites right now. My mom is a shipping lady. So she's the one who makes sure that every shipment we have gets to the mailbox every single day. Wow. And my dad is, we say that he's our Uber. He takes us everywhere. <laughs> and he's also like our person who does a bidding. Because unfortunately, when you do shirts and it's a mostly male business, a lot of people don't want to like do business with women or they won't take us serious or they want to hike up the price because they're like, no, no seven. So my dad does that for us. Yes. Yeah. Like going to the mechanic, it's always like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah yeah. unfortunately that's the freaking reality that we live in but shout out to our dads for for everything they do and now that um you know we're bring up a little bit of your home I don't mean to um, get personal but I'm gonna (laughs) but (laughs) I see a lot in your in your videos that you post um like your backgrounds tend to be very like colorful and like beautiful designs and I'm I'm wondering is your house really that like does your house have all those colors or is it like a wallpaper a fake background like oh we we paint them (laughs) yeah it's they're they're actually painted uh if you go through like my my personal TikTok has the painting like me actually painting on them somebody asked me because one of our my my closets is um Toy Story background and they're like hey where'd you get the wallpaper I'm like I, oh I painted it like so uh, yeah they're all painted I could send you videos like to prove it but they're all they're actually painted that's, that's what oh, it has a little texture it's just so cool like we're very big uh, on backgrounds and I know this because one time I was drunk in Las Vegas and I don't remember this at all but I was with a friend and my friend was like um you were like really bad in a bad condition and I'm like I remember everything I remember the taxi I remember how we got home I remember I fell asleep in the bathtub I do remember all of that and he's like no you were fighting with some people because you wanted to take a picture in the fucking shiny background <laughs> I'm like you're lying like ah, oh, that ain't me and he's like check your email and there's me with the fucking shiny background <laughs> 
that's funny. We, we love that. Thank I do. <laughs> that's why I know you'll ask. be able to come. One day you'll come and see it for yourself. No, we're going to make. Take- I'm going to take my camera and do all kinds of photos. I don't do videos. I, I don't like myself in videos, but I will record videos of my own. How was that process for you, Jax? The, the process of starting to get out there and create videos? Because a lot of people think it's very easy, but really it's, at least from my experience, it's been very difficult to find, um, you know, I'm going to be doing this. Uh, the creating process can be difficult, finding what ways people are finding about your products and kind of like replicating that. Um, finding the ideas, the sounds, all of that. For me, it's like, it's time consuming. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, another aspect of that is the whole, I have to speak in front of the camera. I have to say something. I have to um, dance or make movements or stuff like that. Um, have, you always, have you ever been like, has that ever been easy for you to do? Or was it a process? It was a process for me, especially because now I'm in front of the camera. So growing up, whenever we went, my dad would always film us. So being on camera was a little bit okay with me just because I've always been used to my dad filming us and taking pictures. My dad's a big uh, camera guy. So he's always with us. Yeah. And I, I've, I love, love film. So I have like a bunch of GoPros because I used to want to really do, be a vlogger back in the days. And it's hard to vlog, be a vlogger when you don't go anywhere. But I kept on my cameras and now I'm like, I don't even need a camera if I do everything on my phone. But it's hard. I, I have been learning to try to love myself a little bit more because people don't realize like even if you don't have that many followers people will especially on TikTok because it's just easier for the algorithm people will make fun of you (laughs) and I've I've had those those moments but I'm also learning how to make fun of those too like not take it so personal because at the end of the day I'm like it's it's probably a little kid who just thinks it's funny and it, it is funny once you get over it but it's it's hard having to do all of that and it's taxing and it's time consuming sometimes it's also hard to make a video that you worked so hard and you really believed in and had it fail and it's tough especially like as a creative where that's your actual entire life of oh I'm gonna have to make this and when you put so much into it it's hard to not conflate that to yourself for it so it's really it's it's a process where you're learning like hey just because this video didn't do well does not mean that it wasn't good it was just not the way the right way to put it out I love that advice and I'm gonna take it for myself as well because sometimes I'm like oh I'm fucking hilarious like this is so cool like let me post it like no one (laughs) and it flops I guess not I guess I'm not as funny as I thought I was hey sometimes you just got the wrong audience at the time like I I've also learned to recycle my videos and recycle every like if a video I really liked did not did not do well I go back and repost it and I change the times I changed uh, a lot of our videos are not like one full video so I put a lot of small little clips so that also helps me a lot to reuse them because as much as time as we have a lot of for me I don't have a lot of time where I could like record mm-hmm. especially with like my family or if it's me it's even harder because you only get one angle and people sometimes <laughs> like like videos that also move with you but I'm like it's just me and I don't have like a tripod who moves with me. I wish I wish I did, but I think they're also I, if they exist, I'm pretty sure they're expensive. Yes, so, they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like oh, I'll, I find ways to do that. But I think for us, one thing that I'm also very like firm on is that I don't want to dance on video. <laughs> like that will that will kill me. <laughs> I can't dance, I and it's hard. I can't freaking move one. I hope my video where I'm dancing never goes out. Um, someone <laughs> recorded me like doing a dance, but oh god, I look so bad. Like it's like, like oh my god, what is she doing? <laughs> like maybe she posted. Okay, I'll go viral. <laughs> oh, god. I thought I could dance, but no, somebody <laughs> recorded me too, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought those were real moves. <laughs> in my eyes they look different <laughs> but I don't see everything else but you know what the important thing is to enjoy yourself yes um, if you do like to dance um if you feel good about it and that makes you feel good you know yeah. go for it 
But yeah, maybe someday we'll work at the, on the dancing, like, <laughs> dancing part of the videos. <laughs> so you, you did mention um, getting comfortable with, I guess, uh, go, going through the process of getting comfortable, right, of being a content creator. Uh, I myself have been very hesitant on like creating because I, I do go out a lot. Like I go to different places and I'm always taking photos. Again, I hate videos of myself, but photos I love um, and I find it difficult. So what advice would you have for people that are hesitant to either start a business or like create content on, you know, the social media platforms um, you know, doesn't have to be for me, can be for <laughs> anyone else. Maybe I'll, I'll take something from this so that I can finally be like, you know what, F this, let me, let me do a, 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 I guess people call it like a blog, even though they just post on social media, right? But maybe I'll create a blog where I can just post my photos and tell people the tips and tricks of going places that are affordable and local, um, especially for like undocumented people that, you know, can't travel outside of the U.S. Um, I mean, I'm lucky to be able to do that now, but I find it really hard to kind of grab that courage and say, vámonos a Canadá or vámonos a México. Like, um, I'm still just doing very local things or things within the U.S. because, yeah. <laughs> yes, believe it or not, we do have a bunch of followers, like, 10 or 20 so they're listening so from your advice I think people get so stuck on the idea that if you don't have like 10,000 followers you can't do something yet Mm -hmm. and for us I mean we we have just 9,000 on Instagram that doesn't mean that one person is not gonna like be happy about seeing whatever we're doing or benefit from whatever we're posting out like um for for us back then we had one or two right we didn't have we had about I think 500 back in 2020 and it's just it's just being able to tell yourself that whatever other people think doesn't matter and that's that's still hard just because it's always so embedded into our mind that everyone's watching and you have to look this way you have to look that way but for me I think personally I just post whatever I like and if it doesn't work out it just sadly didn't work out but it was done it's a post done for me and not for someone else to enjoy so if I enjoy it myself then that wouldn't matter um blogs that you said you just post a picture and you write your blog on the Instagram right that that helps too you build communities that way as well it's not it's not always about putting a video and have it be so extravagant sometimes you like you liked our you you liked our walls like our walls don't move it's just it's us being on the walls and it attracts you it's just doing things that like the, the wall is just a small metric of whatever the piece you're doing is so I think I think it's really mostly just enjoying yourself and the, the finding the confidence I I don't want to say it's easy because it's not like sometimes I don't I wake up I'm like I'm not in the mood my hair's too long like I've, I've had people be like what happened to you like your hair my hair was crazy that time though <laughs> well, I will admit that one they, they were right um <laughs> <laughs> they were you should have seen it I had like green hair and it's my normal hair color and it was it was all over the place I was like I get it you're right I do need a haircut but it's it's just the I, I think it's just being able to realize that if you wait too long then you'll never really see it through like you'll you'll never know what happened and you say you wanted to <laughs> you you wanted to post about like small businesses right Oh, that I'd love to. Yes. Yeah, there's just yeah, let, me, let me just add that she said was buying a bunch of shit. And like, the thing is, I've always worked in like minimum wage paid jobs in warehouses. So like, I've always like lived paycheck to paycheck and sometimes even asking for money, you know, to, to be able to pay for rent or bills and stuff like that. And um, Maria has been able to um spend a little more and so she's always like whenever I'm like oh I saw this store and they're you know they're um owned by undocumented folks uh Latinx folks black folks it's like so you have I'm like, there <laughs> and she's like okay let me I just I just bought it I just bought it we got this um and so when I when I was placing my order for for yeah uh, for Madelitas I was like um 
you ask a lot of questions about what sizes you would like because they got a mystery box. And I was like, um, so this and that, because I want to share it with my sister, because like, she's <laughs> always buying, she has all, pretty much all of the stuff that she owns. It's from small businesses or businesses owned by Undocu, INX, uh, LGBTQ plus folks and Black folks. So I, I mean, I yes, I have been very fortunate. I think um, also the the privilege of, I guess, separating from my parents' house at a at an age where it felt like I was allowed to explore so much and I didn't have so many responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, right? And that has like granted me the opportunity to also be like, well, I heard about South LA Cafe. Let me grab my bags and we're going to South LA Cafe, right? Um, even though it's like... Uh, I want to say like a two hour drive for me. Um, but it's, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I do want to say that I've been granted a, like opportunities to be able to support um, small businesses. So that is something that I also want to be able to post uh, about, right? So that other people can support you all. Because um, sometimes we like go to places like we spend money on Starbucks, right? So it's like, why spend your money on Starbucks when you can go to like a local coffee shop next to door to Starbucks? Um, and they also have sales sometimes and deals and yeah. So and I'm sorry, I yelling think that when B Jackson's gonna say something, no, but it's it's a great opportunity. Like you said, you, you're not comfortable being in front of the camera. There's videos you can make supporting these brands without actually being on the camera. Mm-hmm. And you could post like when you're walking and it doesn't have to actually have your face and that might be a way for you to start getting used to being in the camera mm-hmm. without actually being in it until you're more comfortable with it and it also helps you grow your your platform and when you get more comfortable it'll, it'll still be going up instead of going down like you're you're at least still working towards it even pasito a pasito you, you still get to do the work that you want to do at some point I like that like you're going up not down like people are always so like I watch I look at the algorithms a lot now just because I do see that it's important but one thing I always I start telling myself is not look at the follower count because when you see it go down you get scared and I'm like nah les quitaron porque se pelean con alguien. so like I don't I don't make it about oh they they stopped following us because they don't like me anymore I'm I blame it on something else I'm like they probably fought somebody and they got because it's 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 hard and it's training I and mean, that's the reality but i i always say like that you just you just go up oh yeah i never look at my bios part of it like i, I never go into my profile because i don't care about the number that i have i'm just posting things mm-hmm. and go day by day um right now you mentioned something about being comfortable i know that before earlier on you talked about that confidence but is there anything that you would tell people out there as far as um, being comfortable within all of their identities? No, that one's hard. I, I know, I know, it's a, I, I think, everyone, but I'm like, I, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I, I'm more comfortable talking about being undocumented than being gay. And that's just because I feel like everyone already knows I'm undocumented, like family-wise. Um, I like recently, last year, I got a really, a really big opportunity to um highlight the fact that I'm gay and it was to work with like a partnership and it was this incredible opportunity that I had but I didn't take it like and I'm still trying to not that I'm not okay with the fact that I didn't take it but part of me feels like I should also be in a position where I could finally be like yeah like why is it such a big deal and partially it's that I don't want to say that I'm closeted just because I also don't feel like people should have to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that should be something that we all have to do. If people feel comfortable doing it, then that's great for them and that they, sh- they should do it if they want to. But I just find it almost, I don't know. I just, I, just, I don't like the idea. So technically I'm, I haven't came out to my parents. My siblings know just because I told them like just, and it wasn't like I told them like, hey, I'm gay. We were just speaking about partners. And I was like, yeah, one time my girlfriend. And then they were like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, it's not a deal. Like you talk about your boyfriend. I talk about my girlfriend. Yeah. It's the same thing. But it's, 
it's hard when you are in a platform where you're you know your family's gonna look at it or mm-hmm. even if it's just on tiktok like you don't know the algorithm so it might fall into a family's um for you page and you don't know what family knows and what they think and what they'll do with that and for me it's hard just because i i always tell my sister i it's not that i'm afraid of what my parents will think but i am more afraid of the family members who might use that information as a way to like talk down to my parents or almost like blackmail my parents about it and I don't, I don't know if it comes like if it's understandable but I just feel like some family members will go ahead and tell like oh pero tu hija es esto because it's, it's happened and not in the way that they know that I am but um, I had one of my, my grandma one of them not the one that people see online who okay. passed away but my other grandma who also passed away um, she like spread this rumor in my family that I was kicked out of my house because my mom told her I was a lesbian and that was it wasn't that hard to find out just because I never had a good relationship with that grandma but later in that year my mom was in the hospital and one of my aunts decided to confront my mom about my identity and saying that we need to talk about the elephant in the room as if that was even a time to talk about it like my mom's in the hospital Mm-hmm. And you decide to come visit just to tell her stuff like that. So that's one of the reasons why I, I haven't really felt comfortable enough to talk about it, really. I'm in a year now where I'm just like, why am I even allowing them if I don't talk? <laughs> like, I don't talk to them. I don't live with them. And I don't owe them anything. But it's it's really hard to be in a space where you can be comfortable speaking about your identities and being like, well, whatever you decide to do about it doesn't affect me because... I feel like that will affect me a little bit more than them doing something about me being undocumented, even though it's they're both equally wrong. But right. it's tough. Yeah, yeah you mentioned, I, I can hear the love that you have for your parents. And I know that for a lot of folks, it's not about themselves. It's not about yeah. us. It's more to keep our parents safe. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that. I know it, it sucks. Um, and at the same time, I do hope that I know one of my one of one person that I know mentioned that it's not about coming out because you're not coming out of anywhere because it's who you are. It's about letting people in, allowing those people that you want that have the privilege to be let in. Um, yeah, yeah, to yeah. share that with them. I thought it was it was um, beautifully put. Um, I do hope that one day you're able to um, share that with your parents, and hopefully, yeah. you never know. They might be like, "Ay, pues está bien, que chinguen a su madre los demás." My dad's gonna be like, "Obvio, te corto yo el pelo." Oh my you know, god! season two, uh, we're gonna invite you back. <laughs> and hopefully you can give us an update about their reaction about what you know how when that how, happens yes <laughs> yes if that you know we'll go yes use it if that happens when it happens if you ever feel comfortable if you want to do that um you know I would really love to hear an update about how things are going with your with your parents as you've talked to about them um throughout the episode and I can sense how how, how much love and support there is in your family yeah I'm lucky enough to have parents who are really supportive like even even in college my parents were never the type of parents who like forced college upon us they were like if you want to go to college you go to college and if you don't want to go to college well you're, you're gonna have to work but you do whatever you want and like my dad paid all of our college tuition for, for undergrad so like I didn't have to worry about paying undergrad my sister didn't have to worry about paying undergrad when she went my brother is currently in college and he doesn't have to worry about paying that and it's it's a privilege to be able to have that support because a lot of people don't have it a lot of people can't even dream about going to college because it's it's an expense it's a big huge expense and yeah. my my parents have always done whatever they could to provide for us and help us in whichever form it was like I mean I think about about it all the time especially like my childhood was <laughs> really tough and especially being like me like in Mexico you're supposed to wear dresses and my mom always fought them until they allowed me to wear pants and it didn't work in Mexico but when we crossed over and my mom decided to switch me to a Catholic school the same problem 
came up but my mom fought for me there too and it's stuff like that that I'm just like there's like that's also why I don't feel like I should come out because I'm like my parents obviously know like <laughs> I just I guess like, it's like an official. I might have to reassure them sure but <laughs> I I don't like that's why I say my fear is not them I they've always really showed a lot of grace towards me and helped me and loved me so it's it's I'm, I'm grateful for that it's a bit bucketing in the summer. I don't know if we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that we mentioned about bad words, and I think we mentioned it for at least I mentioned it for myself because I say that a lot. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I know I, I I want to ask you: Is there anything, or can you share something with us, with our audience, that you that not a lot of people know about you? Oh, that's that's also tough because I feel like I tweet everything. Check my Twitter and give Yeah, I'm like, let me check what I haven't spoken about. I don't know. I think I think most people on Twitter I've spoken about it, but people don't really know I'm shy. That's that's one thing. Like I've mm -hmm. met some people I've met on Twitter, like online, like uh, in real life, and then they're like, "Why why are you not as loud?" I'm just like I'm shy. <laughs> I'm a really shy person. I'm like I'm really bad at. Uh, public speaking I, I'm getting used to zoom more just because it's not as scary but I, I can't do public speaking I se me sale el acento everything <laughs> like no my I don't know why but whenever I'm nervous my accent just decides to be like hey I'm here not that it's bad but I'm just like yo like I'm ya estoy descontrolada de por sí that's so fucking yeah. relatable <laughs> yes but you know what I want to say that zoom speaking is the same as not the same, sorry, but it's in the same realm of public speaking. So you're in it already. <laughs> but I, I love that you that you mentioned that that you're actually shy, um, and people wouldn't wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, and it's... now mentioning that you know you're a little bit shy, and as we are getting closer um, to the end of our chisme, I'm, I'm so sad. Um, <laughs> what is um something like a, a risk that you've taken a risk recently yeah. uh, whenever I think oh recently my risk was that I I decided to actually get my eye surgery yeah mm -hmm. I was really I actually it was really scary now that <laughs> um they didn't tell me that when they do eye well when you do your eye surgery they make you well, where I went they made me sign like 14 pages saying if I go blind it's not your fault which I knew obviously right <laughs> but they didn't like when they were doing the surgery they would like do stuff to you and then be like they would tell you what would happen so they would be like we're gonna open this and you're gonna feel like a little bit of this but at some point he forgot to do that and when he, and it, I completely couldn't see anything and I was like you chinge. I thought I went blind <laughs> I thankfully it didn't but he, he was like oh I forgot you're might not you're gonna your eyes gonna go blank I'm like sir like it already happened I already went through like the same seven stages of grief <laughs> uh but yeah the reason I mean the reason why I ended up going to do my surgery was because my eyes started uh, turning blue and I actually thought I was going to go blind so I was like well if I'm going blind already I might as well get the surgery and like be able to see without glasses and it was it was scary for me it was <laughs> really scary I was having a lot of health issues so I was just not having the best time of my life but I feel like that was maybe one of the most scary things I've done I've you heard know, that there's a certain smell when you're doing art yes you smell your, no it didn't so my dad got his eye surgery when I was little little and I would he, my my mom went with him so she would always say that she smelled it and then my sister got her eye surgery too so I was already aware I just I, I was more scared of going blind than actually like smelling it but you smell I don't know what exactly it is but I say that you smell your eye being burned it's not so bad but I had my um mask on because I went during COVID mm -hmm. so I think it helped a little it still smells bad but I don't think it smelled as bad as it should have because I had my mask on but it, it's it's scary <laughs> but yeah I can imagine and actually I was gonna ask a question about that um whether it's about that or something else that you want to let us know uh but what is something that you maybe a challenge that you've had to overcome and what advice would you give to someone that is going through a similar situation? Whether so it's, it's about eye surgery or something else that you want to talk about, um, 
challenge. So I think for me, the challenge that I'm still trying to overcome is when I came here, I had a really abusive teacher. And that's actually why I'm scared of public speaking. She would like make me speak in English in front of the class and like encourage the kids to make fun of me. So that's why I can't do public speaking. Um, but I, I'm learning to be able to be okay with that. Like I used to just always turn down like interviews right away. Not that not, not because I didn't want to do them, but because I knew that I was being nervous and scared and it's, I didn't want to relive the trauma, yeah. but little by little, I am telling myself, like, why am I going to allow somebody who doesn't even realize that I'm like hurting to have this power over me? And it's hard because we're always taught that, or at least for me, I always feel like people need to be held accountable and people need like, but sometimes I would love a little justice for myself in that aspect even if like it happened when I was in first grade so yeah have a lot of years holding on to that but I, I, I think it's just allowing yourself to enough and more love than what you really think you deserve and not yeah. hold it onto somebody else who might not ever give you that sorry or that accountability you would like i love that i, I want to highlight like, love yourself a little more than what you think you deserve because yes yes to that i i totally agree and that's the thing a lot of the times we don't feel like we deserve some grace or we mm -hmm. don't deserve some self-compassion but really knowing that even if you don't believe that just putting it like do it more than what you think you deserve is really i love it thank you for your wisdom <laughs> I'm like Yoda <laughs> no Yoda te queda corto <laughs> um do you ever feel unmotivated and if so like what are some things that you do to keep you going oh unmotivated all the time it's yeah especially like now that I I'm this is all I do like you I feel like very cut off from a lot of things like when I used to go to college I would have my issues there that inspired whatever I was doing currently but now I'm like stuck at home I also don't drive so I can't leave my house if I wanted to but that's another issue it's like I try to find things that actually motivate me as in like when I have a bike so I like to go biking I, like, I love film and it's it's I think what also unmotivates me sometimes is that I feel like no puedo hacer like I want to do so many things and unfortunately all of us do want to do a lot of things but we don't have the resources for it yeah. and that's something that really really affects my motivation because especially for us like that we are a brand that helps a lot we mm -hmm. get a lot of messages of people who need help and sometimes it's hard to be able to yeah. not help them especially like when when COVID was the first year of COVID mm -hmm. um we were we were helping this other foundation get money so that we could help people pay their rent and it, it was hard being able to tell yourself like hey you actually can't do this like yeah. as much as you would like to support and help somebody you also have to allow yourself to acknowledge the fact that I and I said and it's hard it's it's self-defeating to be able to tell yourself that because we as we want to do it and it's what it, like it, it's really hard and you in that position it was also difficult to see how much people need help and how little people want to help us back like having to see the news and so pe seeing people actually say like well why are we going to help undocumented immigrants if they're here illegally and seeing that it's like our community actually out there getting sick not being able to pay even if they're working still and that that really that really sucks but I think part of it what helped was also the community we have built online like I we we have the power to just talk and people feel the same way communicate with us and that alone helps us feel like hey you know what at least we're not the only ones in this position we're not the only ones who see this and it's it's helpful to at least feel like you're not the only one like you're not alone I think that that's really what helps yeah thank you and as you were saying I know that we're um very much on time well we have a few more minutes 
but I wanted to share something that my my therapist uh, today actually, as you were sharing that, this is exactly what the conversations that I had with my therapist earlier today. Um, that we were, I was like, I feels so much overwhelmed because I want to be able to do so much more, and I feel like it's not enough, and I want to keep going, and it just never feels like enough. Um, so I guess I want to share this metaphor analogy um, that she mentioned and she said imagine that you're carnicero, carnicera, that cuts the meat how you say it in english i also just know carnicero. Meat cutter. I don't know. <laughs> oh the the butcher 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 yes thank you imagine that you're a butcher you are doing your job but if the knife is not sharp enough it's not going to be able to let you continue go, going if you're a vegan, I'm so sorry. I couldn't think of anything better to say. Um, but yeah, it's like it, it, the, the butcher is not going to be able to continue doing their job. Um, so you really need to take care of yourself. You really need to keep yourself sharp. You are your own best tool. You are your, your yeah, the, the best tool that you have. So in order to be able to keep going and to help others, um, to feed others, you're going to be able to, you need to really focus on yourself and work on yourself and uh, apapacharte más and love yourself more so that you're able to become sharp again and continue to keep going because otherwise it's going to be very difficult. Um, are you going to be able to do it? Probably, but at what cost? Yeah. Um, so I guess I just wanted to put it out there um, for those listening as well. That's something okay. that I've been thinking about since I'm like, I really need to to really find ways and to really believe that because um, it's hard to believe it. It's hard to, um, to put it in different ways where you can gain a, a new perspective. But and I think as people who work closely with the undocumented community, we want to give so much because we know the struggle, but we, you know, we tend to forget to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everything you both mentioned, I'm like, sitting here and I'm like, shit, <laughs> I needed to hear that. Um, you know, because I, I work with undocumented students. I left the job working with undocumented students for the same reason that I felt like the institution wasn't taking care of me. I took on another job um, working with undocumented students and now it, it's been so difficult for me to kind of set those boundaries um, and kind of remind myself of like, I'm not feeling okay. Like, it's okay that I, I'm not showing up to work today because my I need to put my health first, you know, and before I didn't do that. And um, I get reminders of that. And I'm just like, damn, like it's a lot of people who work with undocumented students or undocumented, the undocumented community in general, right? Not just necessarily like educators, but also business owners, you know, content creators, because social media allows us to build that community. So people come to you to ask you for those resources. Um, But for us to close off, we want to ask you um, some this or that questions, Uh, whatever the first one that comes to mind, no explanation. Um, and, you know, because we did it with someone else and they gave us that it depends. Um, them. I'm sorry <laughs> for you, but we're not giving you that option. <laughs> you have no no wiggle room. Uh, so It was like, like, it depends or both. And it's like, uh, okay. pick one. <laughs> one or the other, this or that. <laughs> it was McDonald's or frijoles. Uh, that's actually one of the questions. <laughs> Yes, but don't tell us yet. Yeah. <laughs> we get there. All right. Um, do you believe in love at first sight? Yes. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Pineapple goes on pizza? No. Yes. My kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to prioritize relationships over career. Relationships. White concha is better than brown concha. Brown concha. Novelas or chisme shows like Parangola. (laughs) (laughs) The beach or mountains? Mountains. Rose or sunflowers? Sunflowers. Would you rather visit your ancestors in the past or meet your descendants in the future? Ancestors, I think I might be the descendants. So, ancestors. (laughs) 
sci-fi or romance? Romance. Flirting is cheating. No. Yes. <laughs> That's what depends, huh? It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, eating out or frijoles at home? Yeah. Right. <laughs> too many years of my frijoles in la casa. Yeah, too many frijoles already. cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for your time for um joining us today. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And like I said, um. Thank you for giving me that fangirl moment. <laughs> I will continue to cheering you and your business on and, um, you know, supporting as much as I can. Um, I am been looking forward to get myself a little lava, lavanderito, right? Is that? Yeah, because I need to clean my makeup brushes and I've heard they those are very so useful much. for that. Like not, so. not even not even because I sell them, but. For us, like when I actually paint the house, I actually use it to clean my brush. I'm like, because yeah. I we use so many colors that I have to change it between mm -hmm. colors. It actually does help a lot. When we moved here, there was a lavadero in the back of that house. Uh, well, we were in the garage, not in the actual house. But like there was a lavadero there and I was so happy about it. And then I started noticing that most houses don't have a lavadero. And I was like, what? Like, what? Is what? <laughs> They're like, wait, we're not in a rancho no more? <laughs> Where's my, we get a new house. If it doesn't have a lemon train, if it doesn't have a lavadero, then I don't want the house. <laughs> have to build it yourself at the end. I know, I do And bring the arboles with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we really do appreciate your time. Um, is there any last um, thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? I'm really excited to be here and I actually had so much fun. So thank you for inviting me and I hope to come back someday. Yay. Yes, hopefully, because I have to let Sarah to let them know. Hopefully <laughs> we'll have a big uh, budget. I don't want to see a bigger budget because we have no budget. No budget. Uh, but hopefully we'll have a budget uh, sometime in the next few seasons so we can actually compensate those people. Because I mean, that lived experience is very valuable. And y'all, y'all need to get paid. We all need to get paid, even if it's our lived experience, even if, may, if it may seem easy or fun or whatever, like we got something that most others don't have. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that and at the same time, like here's Jax, like doing it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Me sending my invoice like, ah, you said. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send back an IOU <laughs> yes but thank you thank you so much Jax thank you thank you for your time thank you for everything that you do for the community um, you're really impacting so many people's lives with your existence with your sharing your stories uh, you know your entire family your business everything about you so truly appreciate you last question sorry Where can people find you? Oh, oh, people yes. can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok at adelitasaparel.com. So A-D-E-L-I-T-A-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Thank you. Yes, we're also going to be posting those handles um, on the comments on our Instagram. Um, and everything. I, and, <laughs> yes, everything that we have, we're going to be posting that. Um, so check them out and buy stuff from them, please. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> By that new collab. Thank you all so much for tuning in uh, to another episode of Andaki Chisme. As always, we just want to remind you all to please follow us, uh, show us some love on Apple Podcasts, uh, share, you know, the our Instagram content with your friends, your family, your loved ones. And please, um, you know, word of mouth is always the best. I guess marketing or form of advertising so please uh, we we truly appreciate you all who have been letting um, other people know about our podcast and you know as we continue to share with all of you this podcast is you know ad free um, because that's the only funding source that we have to be able to pay so that we don't have to bring you all ads but uh, we are 
hoping to bring in a little bit more ants in the future. Uh, for now, what we can bring to you all or offer to you all is two discount codes. Uh, one of them is for Alebrijes Bakery. So if you are in the Inland Empire or maybe not even in the Inland Empire, I'm pretty sure if you message them, um, you can go ahead and pick up you know, the pan yourself instead of getting it delivered. But if you visit losdelpandulce.com and use code UNDOCUCHISME, you get 15% off. And now we're super excited to also bring you 15% off at Adelita's Pearl if you use uh, the discount code UNDOCUCHISME. We also want to encourage you all to use the links on our bio. Well, the link on our bio, which is to our link tree that will guide you, um, take you to our different Google forms. One of them is for you to ask questions to either Maya or myself and or our um, guest. And also one of them is for you to share with us any like hot topics that you would like you know, Myra and myself to discuss. And the other one is just for you to share a little bit of your story, um, anything fun um, that you want to share, any chronicles of an immigrant child. Am I missing anything, Myra? I think you got it all. Just continue to, to like Maria said, show us some love. Um, thank you so much for listening in. And we want to finish off as we usually do with the quote of the day which is when tough times come, it is particularly important to offset them with much gentle softness. Be a pillow to yourself by Vera Nazarian. And this is Undocked Chisme.